Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today? Uh, I am doing fine, and so is the narrator that I have off, just <laughs> off camera here. Um, she's sitting with me. Uh, I'm just saying I wasn't the only person who heard that. <laughs> I don't know if, if people that are listening to this or watching this are going to be able to hear that or not, but it's a new Zoom feature, I believe. Sounds like Zoom might have got themselves in a little bit of trouble with some people not knowing they're being recorded. Oh, you're probably right. Even though it says recording up in the corner of the screen. Yeah, yeah you know, you got to have that extra little thing. So now, yeah. now, now the blind people, now they know they're being recorded. <laughs> All right. That was pretty crazy. I wasn't expecting a little, little lady to tell us that recording had begun. All right. So anyway, on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast today, we are back to Zoom because I'm out of town. Had to switch my days up a little bit. I apologize. We'll be back in studio next week. But I do love, I'm, I've, I've grown to kind of enjoy the uh, ability of the Zoom meeting, I must say. Totally the same. Totally the same. And this was not your fault either. This was my uh, request to do this uh, early week, special early week edition of the Nosebleed Sports Podcast because I will be... Uh, leaving for vacation. Uh, if you're watching this, please don't rob my house while I'm gone, but um, going on vacation <laughs> on Thursday. So Wednesday night, I have an early flight Thursday morning. So I was, you know, we're up, we're up a little late usually when we do this thing on Wednesday night, which is normally fine, but I'm up extra, extra early on Thursday. So. So tell me about, tell me about what you got going, going to New York. Uh, what are you doing in New York? You got anything planned out? How many days you'll be there? What's going on for the old vacay? I'm there four days. Uh, Thursday, leave Thursday and uh, come back on Monday. And I have three reservations slash tickets for three different comedy clubs. Extremely excited about that. That was the number one reason was really to go up and specifically to see the seller, the comedy seller. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I got a chance to do that. Uh, and I'm going to two others and I have tickets to the Yankees Mets at Yankee Stadium. Pretty pumped about that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I've got those days. So I've got I've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all booked up. Plenty of stuff to do with a little bit of time in between, um, and so I, I can make my way around town and figure that out. And then July fourth, there are no comedy clubs open, <laughs> so I'm not sure what I'm going <laughs> to be doing uh, on the fourth of I'm July. I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be something going on in New York city on the 4th of July for you to go hang out at. Sure. I'll find something. By then, by then you'll, you got, they got so many apps out there. You can find you a lady, find you a little date. I see you got your hair did here. Got you got a little hair did before you left. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a, I got a haircut maybe not more, no more than two weeks ago. So it wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't in desperate need of one, but I just wanted to get a freshen up, you know, especially like around the ears and the neck and that sort of thing. So, uh, and, and I did that just today, just a couple hours ago before we're recording this. And I, so I'm, I got a long drive from work to home or to anywhere near home. And that's where I was going. So I go to a, uh, one of the chains we'll say, uh, and I don't always get a great haircut, but you know, I just, I just deal with it. So but there's a game on you get to watch, you get to watch sports center at the same time. You can watch a game. <laughs> yep. I was watching a USC, uh, Utah basketball game from this past season i don't know why they had that on anyway it was basketball so i didn't mind but exactly i, 
I walk into this place. Uh, first of all, I'm driving. I, I, I check in online with the app. I'm like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to save some time. I'm going to get there just in time. Got a decent drive from work. Halfway through my drive, huge storm pops up. Everybody slows way down. So I got to end up canceling that because now I'm not going to make it in time. <laughs> I have to wait until I get pretty much pretty close to, uh, to where the barbershop is. Um, I know you don't like when I call it a barbershop, but I just didn't know. That is the, that is nowhere near a barbershop where you go to, but that's all right. <laughs> all right. So, so anyway, uh, the salon that I went to, uh, I had to wait till I got close. So I ended up doing that. It was fine. Everything worked out. I walk in one guy getting his hair cut girl that's cutting his hair. I've seen her before. Pretty cute gal. Um, there's another guy waiting. And I only see the one girl cutting hair. I'm like, oh, man, is there only one person? They have call-ins or something like that. So I sit down. I check in. I sit down. A couple minutes later, uh, another lady walks old out. Girl, so old had, girl comes out from the back. You had the, you had the cute girl, and we'll call her the other gal. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... I'm like, okay, so so I'm like, okay, this girl's already the, the cute girl's already got the the one guy. She's been she's been with him since I walked in. I'm like, I think this is gonna work out. Yes. So, especially because the other gal um go, you know, takes the other guy back. He goes back there, and she's like the 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 cute gal is like really talking this guy up. She's she's uh you know, cutting his hair and she's like acting real interested in his stories, and and I'm like, okay. I got to get her. I got to get her. I'm, I'm going to get her. 10 minutes go, goes by. The guy that went back with the other gal comes back out. He's already done. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, cute gal and the guy she was cutting go to the back for the MVP. And if you don't know what the salon is, that's not a gross thing. It's not a, it's not a, you know, it's not like a, it's not like the uh, massage parlor that uh, the owner of the Patriots went to or anything like that. This is a regular haircut place. <laughs> so you back, realized you go just in this realized, back room for the MVP treatment, but it's not what you think. Okay. You, you just realized, as you said, he went to the back for the MVP. As soon as you said that, you knew what you had just said. <laughs> I'm like, That's not going to people that don't know are not going to think. Well, where about. are you getting your haircut? at? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I don't go to a place like that, but this place does, uh, does do the MVP. Uh, but it's just, you just get the hair washed and then you get the, the, the shoulder massage, not even hands, shoulder massage. It's a little, a little gadget they put on you and it's, it, they do it for like 10 seconds and that's it anyway. So I'm like, Oh no, now I'm going to get other gal. So she checks the guy out. He leaves. I'm like, come on, come on, hurry up. So this, the other gal goes back and starts cleaning up the hair from the last guy. I'm like, okay, okay, take your time cleaning up. Sometimes they disappear to the back for a little bit or do something. She, she actually does walk to the back for a second, walks right back out, comes back up. Adam, I mean, Adam. Best haircut you ever had. Uh, so I, I, so I'm like, man, so I go and, you know, like, of course, like less than a minute into my haircut, the other, the, the, the cute girl gets done with that guy. She, he's gone. There's nobody else. 
So yeah, so takes 10 minutes. She speeds through this thing. I speeds through this haircut. 10 minutes, I'm out of there, which normally is a good thing. And I guess it was in this case. Um, but I, I got my hopes up and uh, they were dashed. So question for you, because this is going to take the place of uh, walking stories with Cracker Thug. Let's talk about getting your haircut with Cracker Thug. If Cracker Thug would have gotten cute girl, mm-hmm. besides the fact that she was cutting your hair and you had to stare at her through a mirror the whole time, was there a move that would have been made? Yeah, this one. On your end. On your end. Would you have made a move? Would you would you have made any attempt? Uh no. <clears throat> no. Uh, that's what I thought. No. Yeah, because you know, I, I if she started talking to me, I might make a little bit more of an effort to talk back to her. But you know, most of the time I go there and whoever cuts my hair cuts my hair, and I'm like, eh. Thanks. See ya. If they feel like, if they seem like they want to talk and, and stuff like that, I'll, I'll give, I'll give a couple like short answers to begin with. And if they keep asking questions, then I'll engage and, and do a conversation and stuff. But you know, yeah. that's funny. Cause when I go get my haircut, like back when I would get my great clips, haircuts or Bo Ricks, you know, cause I always did the cheap son of a gun Sure. back in the day before I went back to the barbershop. So I would always, I'd have a conversation with every single person in there while they're cutting other people's hair. Yeah. I'd be talking so loud that somebody would chime in from another haircut and start talking to me. Well, that's when I realized I belong at a barbershop. This, I belong at a barbershop where I can just sit in a small ass little room and talk to every single person. Yep. Yep. Barbershop's good for that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Not for me though. I go into the chain store. I go in there one haircut, please. And uh, they give it to me and they, they say, what do you want? I say, give me a two or a three on the side and you know what to do on the top. And that's right. I, well, I mess, mess the top up, I guess, is what they hear. Um, and then yeah, I, why uh, not? <laughs> it never looks the way you want it to look. Nah, you know, but you, but, but then you fix it afterward. You know, you can always, but you know what though, but bit. you know what though, when Gene used to cut your hair back in the day, did he ever really cut your hair the way you wanted it anyway? Yeah, man, he did. He only did flat tops. (laughs) My dad, my brother, and I would all go in, get a flat top, and leave. It was (laughs) the crew cut and go. (laughs) Yep, flat tops only at Jeans Jeans Barbershop. Jeans Barbershop. All right. Speaking of the barbershop, shout out Gene Gabbard. Shout out to Gene Gabbard. Speaking of the barbershop, um, the shop on on HBO, I believe it is. Uh, with Mr. Mr. LeBron James. Uh, LeBron has been knocked out of the NBA playoffs. However, we are currently in the conference finals of the NBA, NBA playoffs. Yes, sir. A little bit of a surprise with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, quite a bit of a surprise. Trey Young has carried this team on his back throughout this playoffs. They've got one win um, in Milwaukee so far. They are back. What is it? it's it's two to one right now. Mm-hmm. Looks like they are, are they in Milwaukee or are they in Atlanta? They're in Atlanta in Atlanta. They're in Atlanta. Thirteen right Atlanta, now. Atlanta. Yeah, they are. They're doing very well. It's still only halftime. We all know in the NBA, a thirteen point lead is not safe at halftime. So that being said, with Trey Young out right now, if he doesn't make it back. Are they done? Is this over? They have a chance. Even if they tie this up today, somehow pull a second game off and tie this at two. If they don't have Trey Young for the next three games, can they 
possibly win two of those three against the Milwaukee Bucks? You know what? They, they could. Honestly, I think they could because I, their roster's good. I mean, Trey Young's been really good, but they've gotten really good play from a bunch of guys. Kevin Herter and, and uh, Danilo Gallinari and John Collins and Clint Capella and a bunch of guys have really played well. And I, I, that's at the beginning of the season, I was like, man, I really like this Hawks roster. I just didn't think they were going to be experienced enough to, to make any waves in the playoffs yet. Proved They're very wrong. young. Um, so, but I, you know, I, I do still think Milwaukee will win the series, but I'll tell you what, Trey young being out and then, and really I, they were, the Hawks were okay until he got hurt in that game uh, a couple of nights ago in game three. Uh, and then they kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter and, and he wasn't quite the same and he was kind of limping around a little bit. Um, so it, it, especially if they can figure out a way to win tonight and go up three, one, they're still in pretty good shape. Uh, he's got a deep bone bruise from what I understand. So it's not a, he didn't pull or he didn't tear anything. He didn't break anything. Sometimes the bone bruise can be, can uh, be a little worse than it sounds, but you know, he's going to come back if he's 55%, he'll come back yeah. and play um, in this series. So I'm still kind of rooting for Milwaukee uh, just cause I picked them and I like Giannis a lot. Uh, so, and I do think they will still win the series, but I'll tell you what, they're up kind of big right now without Trey Young and they're up 2-1 in the series. So they're looking pretty good still. I, I tell you what, I really liked Cam Reddish out of college and um, he's only played in one of the three games so far. He's already been in for 12 minutes of this first half. And if they're going to have, I mean, somebody's got to step up. I would love to see Cam Reddish pull something out here and turn into an actual not a star, but just, you know, have, have, have give them that extra person off the bench because I feel like he, when he plays, he gets a good 10, 12, 15 minutes in maybe and, and, or he doesn't play at all. And that kid was so talented at Duke. I cannot understand why he, it doesn't, it hasn't transcended into the NBA. I know it's only been a couple of years, but I'd love to see him, not even a Duke guy, but I would love to see him step up and do something for these guys today. Listen, I've been hoping that the Bucks lose because you've been calling this Bucks out, and I can't believe they beat the daggone Nets. So I'm just hoping I'm finding any way I can possibly find for them to lose. Yep, uh, that's right. So it, it it is as you said. Um, Milwaukee's up two one in that series. Did I say? I think I might have said Atlanta's up. Um, Milwaukee's up two one in the series, uh, but Atlanta is winning Game Four right now. Uh, but uh, so that's Eastern Conference in the Western Conference, though. This has been really interesting. So <laughs> Phoenix was was out without Chris Paul for a couple games, right? Yep. And they won. Uh, they win both of those games, or they split. Um. Actually, he so just came back for game. He they went up. Game. They won the first two games. Phoenix won the first two games. Yeah. Which is the uh, that's just what the Clippers do. They just don't play the first two or three games of any series in the playoffs. Now it's, this will be the third straight series that they went down to. Well, they came back and won game three Phoenix wins game four in a, in a low scoring game, 84 to 80, they win game four. Um, and then Monday, Paul George playoff P actually had a phenomenal game. 
and they came out and won the game and without Kawhi and he stepped up and did what he needed to do against Phoenix. And it is currently three to two in that series. That's right. And you said that the key thing here is without Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they've won two of the last three games uh, without Kawhi and with Paul George really only having a good game in one of those games. Um, he, he's missed big free throws at the end of two games in this series already that Phoenix ended up winning. Uh, and he didn't shoot the ball great uh, until yesterday. And he shot, uh, he, you go from shooting like 20 something percent or whatever it was, 30% or something in, in the series. And then you shoot like 75%. He was like 15 for 20 or something like that for 41 yeah. points and uh, was, uh, was outstanding in game five. I, I, it feels, it still feels for sure. Like Phoenix is in, is in charge here. You know, it feels like they are, going to win and you know game six is to uh, i shouldn't say tomorrow night because it depends on when you're listening to this but third right thursday night wednesday night what sorry yeah wednesday night there you go we always do this on wednesday i'm thinking it's wednesday mm-hmm. um so thursday i believe is game six uh so that there's a chance there's a chance that uh phoenix can move on to the finals for chris paul's first time in the finals, Phoenix's first time in the finals since '93. Um, Charles Barkley. Yep. Uh, what was a uh, what was a Kenny? What was that little? Uh, what was the little point guard's name that played Ke- with him? Kevin Johnson. Kevin. Kevin Johnson. Kevin oh Johnson. man, on Marley on NBA Jam, NBA Jam. Kevin Johnson and and Charles Barkley get out of town. <laughs> Top four, top four NBA Jam team. Cedric Sabalos and uh, Mark West and uh, who else was on that team? I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was so. But it's been a long time. Been a long time since Phoenix is there, and that's the other thing is, I mean, can you imagine if Atlanta and Phoenix end up in the in the finals? And Atlanta and and they were probably the two worst teams in the league two years ago. Two, two or three small- years ago. Two small market teams with young guards, small guards, by the way, that are straight killers from anywhere. Those two, Devin Booker and Trey Young. Trey Young, I don't like Trey Young's game necessarily 100% because of the shot selection all the time. I know he makes a ton of them. That's, I'm not into that. You know, when Steph Curry does it, it's like, oh my God, Steph Curry hit a quarter court shot or just pulls up from wherever he wants. And, you know, that stuff gets a little bit on my nerves because I don't feel like now we're not playing basketball anymore. You're just throwing shots up. But if you're making them consistently, then I guess why not, right? Yeah. So that being said, when Trey Young does get in inside the three-point line or anywhere within the three-point line, he can create for a guy – if you tell me he's, he's six foot, then you can – yeah, that's – a lie first off unless you count all his scraggly hair that sticks up he can create for himself as good as anyone in the league and the dude can shoot the lights out when he catches fire you better you better man up at half court or three-quarter court because he might chuck it from wherever he wants and it's going to go in I, I I love the way he has played he's taken on the villain role in New York in the first series 
and he loved every second of it. He he brought on the uh, the Reggie Miller esque, you know what I mean, hatred from New York, and just loved it and just fed into it. And I think that picked this team up and gave them a different kind of energy that they probably wouldn't have had without him. And then you got Devin Booker, who's the silent assassin, who all he needed was that one point guard, right? He needed a true point guard to help him because Devin Booker with the ball in his hands is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. But when you get a facilitator like Chris Paul, you can take a star like Devin Booker and turn him into a um, – uh, an all-star. I mean, I, I don't know how to what to go from a star to from what you, you take a great player in Devin Booker and turn him into a star. And uh, I mean, you know how I feel about Chris Paul. He's my favorite point guard of all time. I know yours is John Stockton, but Chris Paul's mine. So I, I love every second of what Chris Paul does on the court every day. He's got the best mid-range jumper in all of basketball right now. Mm-hmm. And he's just an old man that beats you the old, the way an old man does. He beats these young kids the way an old man does at the YMCA, when you see that 60-year-old dude at the YMCA that just kills everybody, that's Chris Paul. You know who I, I think of when I think of Chris Paul, though, especially the way he's playing with his mid-range game right now, being a good, a really good solid point guard? And this is going to be a weird comparison because Chris Paul is a Hall of Famer and this other guy is not, but I loved Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell oh, was yeah. super, super mid-range, you know, 15, 14 to 17, 18 foot jumper. He would get there and he was, he was just like a a smart player. He was always like, you know, coaching guys on the floor, just like Chris Paul does. Um, And, and that brings me to what I wanted to talk about after we covered the NBA playoffs, which was some big coaching hires in the NBA in the last few days here, just in the last week, there have been uh, four of them. Um, and, and unfortunately guys have to lose their jobs or leave their jobs for, uh, opportunities for other guys, but there are some, this, this makes for some really interesting things. I mean, this feels like this almost feels like it's really like off season NBA basketball free agency is super exciting. And mm-hmm. this kind of feels like that's happening right now because there are some big name coaches moving around in the league. And there's one guy that, that, um, that got well a couple guys but one guy in particular that got a job a head coaching job that really makes me wonder what is wrong with sam cassell because sam cassell has been doc's top assistant for a long time now Mm -hmm. and 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 he's not getting chances to, to i think he's interviewed for a few jobs but he's not, maybe he doesn't want, maybe he's only, he's being very selective about the jobs he's, he's willing to take or something, but Sam Cassell will not be coached, would be a head coach in the NBA as far as we know next year, but Chauncey Billups, who has one season of being an assistant coach under his belt will be the new head coach of the Portland trailblazers. How, what do you think about Chauncey Billups as Damian Lillard's new head coach? I mean, Chauncey Billups is another guy who reminds you of kind of that that Chris Paul, Sam Cassell-esque type point guard, right, who was out there, never looked like he was the quickest dude out there, but but was just smooth in everything he did. Um, I, I, I don't like – I don't like 
that's the one thing about the NBA that is getting more. It, there's a lot of that happening over the past five years where these guys who have never coached or coached been an assistant for a year and they're getting head coaching jobs when all these really good assistants on really good teams and, and known guys, Patrick Ewing got passed up for years on the bench mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and interviewed for a ton of jobs before he finally interviewed it at Georgetown and got that because I mean, he's probably the greatest Georgetown Hoya to ever live. So take, take that Allen Iverson. Yeah. Well, I mean, Allen Iverson and Alonzo Mourning were phenomenal, but Patrick Ewing is Patrick Ewing in college. Anyway, I don't, I don't like, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I don't like the, I don't, I don't think uh, in Brooklyn, I don't know that Steve Nash was the right hire. I love Steve Nash. I don't know that he was the right hire. The guy had, you know, what kind of experience that he had maybe a year in the, as an assistant coach, if even that Jason Kidd, when he got his first gig, in Brooklyn a few years before it wasn't his first gig in Brooklyn before that he had no assistant coaching uh barely any at all I don't I'm not a fan of it man I I think uh I I think you need I think doesn't matter if you're one of the greatest point guards to ever live or if you were a really good point guard back in the day it's different coaching players when you're on the floor and being a coach on the floor. When you hear that with LeBron and Chris Paul and people like that, being a coach on the floor is different than actually coaching in a game. There's a ton more that goes into it. And if you don't have that, 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 you know, four or five years of really seeing every possibility of everything that can possibly happen in a game and having the knowledge behind that to go turn it around and put it into game form, I don't think that's the right way to go. Don't get me wrong. I love Chauncey Billups. Phenomenal on TV when he does when he does TV, and and I, I love the dude. He's 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 great, but I don't know that's the right hire. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I I, I don't mind. I, I kind of I'm I'm with you in that. It seems like there are a lot of assistant coaches that probably should be getting a chance, and there is one um, who's getting a, a, a big opportunity that we'll talk about in a second, but. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there are some guys who now this reminds me, Avery Johnson once talked about, you know, he longtime player in, in the NBA wasn't a star, but was a really solid, solid point guard. Good, good point guard. Was it was the starting point guard on a on a championship team? Um, but, you know, he wasn't he wasn't like the best scorer or anything like that. But he was he talked about for the last, like his last, like eight years or something in the league, or maybe six years or five years, something like that. He kept every scouting report he ever got. He started like preparing basically for that, for, to, to coach for his last five, six, seven years as a player in the league. Um, and guys like that guys, like basically all of those guys that you talk about are guys that always seem to be as players, at least kind of a step ahead of everybody else. Almost. Um, you know, Chauncey Billups, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, those guys were, were really intelligent players. Those are all very cerebral players. And so it's not a surprise that they are coaching. Um, I, I do, I do understand. I'm kind of with you though, on having no experience and see me, it seems like bypassing a bunch of other people. Um, you know, it, it, it depends. I mean, 
a lot of it, a lot of times it is about who, you know, guys have relationships all over the league. And that's what happened in, in Brooklyn. Um, Sean Marks is the GM and Steve Nash played with Sean Marks. So, uh, you know, it, 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 things like that happen all the time. And, um, you know, maybe the Blazers had their eye on Chauncey for the last couple of years and thought, you know, you know, hopefully he gets a, a chance to, uh, a, a chance, I mean, to, uh, be an ah. coach and uh <laughs> but he did he was he was uh he one season with the clippers uh last year so i mean either way he's getting a chance and he's taking over a pretty good team in the blazers uh they didn't do too much in the playoffs but with with a healthy cj mccollum next year hopefully a full a full year of healthy cj as long as dame now I, there's these rumors suddenly that you know people like other players are re- trying to recruit dame so they can set up a set up a, a, a trade or whatever. But I'm thinking now Chauncey Billups going there, I would think there's some kind of relationship there between Dame and Chauncey Billups. So I would think Damian Lillard will will stay. Um, but they have I a pretty so. good team. I hope so because I like I like the Dame, Dame's going to get his time right. Dame needs somebody to come to Portland, right? So how do we get somebody to Portland? Um, I mean, it's not easy to do, but but maybe Chauncey is the answer for that. But I feel like there's other guys out there that could do the same thing. Yeah. Terry Stotts. How about Terry Stotts, who has been the Blazers head coach for a while? I don't yeah, know. Maybe that's it was just not time a bad for, one. Maybe it was just time for a, a change. But uh, so, so the guy that I did mention who has been a, an assistant coach for the last, I think it was nine years, um, after a – I think he played – five or six years in the league and then almost immediately became an assistant coach. Um, Ime Udoka. He was the biggest thing for me. The reason that I get excited about him and anybody else, he comes from the Greg Popovich. His first seven seasons as an assistant were under Greg Popovich. If you coach under pop, you're probably going to be a pretty decent coach. I feel like, I I don't know. Um, Absolutely. We all know your love obsession with uh, Popovich. With Pop. Um, (laughs) He also, so last season he was with the Nets. The season before that, between the Spurs and Nets, he was with somebody else that is escaping me now. But he's getting an opportunity, uh, which is a cool thing. So he's, you know, he's kind of paid his dues. He's he's been an assistant for nine years and he's going to get a chance to coach. Now, this is a big time opportunity. This is the Boston Celtics. I mean, this is one of the biggest two or three jobs you can get, even when they're somebody was just saying the other day, even when even when they're down, even when they don't have a good team, it's still one of the biggest head coaching positions you can get in the sport. Um, So but he also happens to inherit a pretty good team, too. So we'll see what Ime Udoka uh, does with the Celtics. Rick Carlisle was an assistant coach for the Indiana Pacers under the great Larry Legend, under the mm-hmm. great Larry Bird for a few years. And then Larry left and Rick Carlisle became the head coach of the Pacers, was there during all the, uh, you know, had Paul George when they went to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals a couple years, he was there. Um Rick Carlisle has been a very, very, very good coach. Uh, he won a championship with the Mavs, I think. Right? Was that the the year they won? I think. Yeah, he was. Yeah. The oh no, Don. No, that was Don. Uh, uh, Don Nelson. Yeah, Don Nelson won the championship with the Mavs. Yeah, when it was uh, with Dirk. Wasn't Don Nelson the the coach was, then? I think he was gone. 
I think Don Nelson was gonna think Rick Carlisle because I think I think it was even even after um the guy I just mentioned a little bit ago, Avery Johnson. I think it was okay. after Avery, I think Rick Carlisle came in and won probably in his first couple of years there. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah. All right. I'm pretty well, sure. And Avery Johnson was definitely Don um uh, I keep wanting to say Don Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> Don Nelson, yeah. Don Nelson. He was Don Nelson's replacement because Don Nelson loved Avery Johnson. Yes, yes, yes. Um, anyway, Rick Carlisle is so so. I see Rick Carlisle kind of like a Tom Thibodeau, right? Like mm-hmm. you could find a better coach to go coach a young, talented team and get them get the most out of them. You couldn't find a better coach than like a Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau in New York. What he did in New York this year, or Rick Carlisle. Yeah, yeah. I, I look for Rick Carlisle to go there and and hopefully help the Pacers take the next step. The Pacers were, were seemed like they overachieved for two or three years there. And then last year, probably underachieved a little bit. Um, and under, under the guy who is currently the, the, the acting coach for the Atlanta Hawks, Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan. Yeah. Um, which another guy who should still be in Indiana. If you ask me, it should yeah, still absolutely. be Nate McMillan. He in. They, they still have him under the interim head coach. His title is still interim head coach in Atlanta. How can how does this dude do all the things he does and not get any love? I don't understand it. I totally agree. Nate McMillan is a very good coach, and he wins everywhere he goes. Everywhere. Take the interim tag off. Um, so I, I'm excited to see, you know, I, hopefully we get a chance to go up to a Pacers game again next year. Um, and I, I did actually finally make one at the end of the year this year, went up to a Pacers game fun as always. Uh, but next year, Rick Carlisle, I'm a big Rick Carlisle fan. I'm going to enjoy seeing what he does with Pacers. The last one I wanted to talk about was the Mavericks. Since Rick Carlisle left the Mavs hired Jason Kidd as the next head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, Jason Kidd is is a phenomenal human being. As much as I didn't agree with him when he got his first gig in in Brooklyn, you know, it was, he's, uh, Milwaukee, or was it Milwaukee was his first gig, and then went to Brooklyn. I think so. Yeah. And so he's had a couple years off then, and then went, to, or I don't know, maybe it was somewhere else in between. But well, he's been um, he's been the top assistant in L.A. The Lakers. Oh, was he with? The, oh, he was. Oh, that's right. That's right. Frank Vogel's top assistant. Yep. So anyway, yeah, good for him. I, you know, how, I mean, Jason Kidd, that dude's phenomenal. He was, he's one of my all-time favorite point guards as well with Chris Paul, John Stockton, Jason Kidd. Yeah, same. I, I love, I love Jason Kidd as a player. <coughs> um, I, I, I'm excited to see what he can do if he can do something any different to make Luka Doncic even better or put him in another position to be, to be even better, to be, maybe he makes him more of a distributor. Luka that's, Doncic, that's what he, that's where he should be. He should be in that LeBron James role, that, that uh, Magic Johnson role. I would, if they can, if he can figure out a way to do that. Oh, and if there's anybody that can do it, it's Jason Kidd. Yeah. And, and I think he was, I think Luca was in that role the last couple of years, but, I, but Jason Kidd may have some other ideas offensively um, that can kind of, kind of, boost that team up a little bit um and, and yeah. kind of help them go to the next help luca take that next step because luca Doncic is gonna, going to win an mvp in this league for sure i think 
I think I think it happens under Jason Kidd. We said that same thing about Kristaps Porzingis and Kristaps. You know, all it takes is one or two injuries real quick to turn a unicorn into a into a zebra. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, Mark Cuban said, uh, you know, Kristaps is who he is. We know who he is now, so we got to find it. That's it. He said he got to find a second score because Chris Tapps is who he is, or something like that. Yep, it's the truth. You know, Cuban ain't gonna lie. So I got to tell you this. So we were just talking about Nate McMillan, and I was immediately in my head, I was like, yeah, Nate McMillan's the interim head coach for the Atlanta Hawks. And I look at the TV, and as soon as I say that, he's got a shirt on that says MLK on it, and I was like, is he with Milwaukee? Did I miss something? And then I start looking and oh, okay, never mind. Every single jersey that Atlanta has on says MLK. Now I get it. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Sorry. Sorry. I got myself uh got myself. I was I was a little nervous that I misspoke and you didn't correct me because you're way too nice. You do it all the time. I say things incorrect and you just let it go and pretend like it doesn't happen. No, I said uh Milwaukee for uh Jason Kidd was his first job. No, you did correct me. I can't. Well, it took you twice. I feel took. I feel it took you two times. I had to say it twice for you to correct me because I had said it earlier that he got a job too early with with Brooklyn. (laughs) You're too nice. All right. Speaking of too nice, we'll see what happens next week. We will be in the NBA Finals, uh, and and that's when things get fun. So we'll get. I would love to be able to talk about Atlanta and Phoenix in the NBA Finals. I would love to be able to talk about uh, Devin Booker and Trey Young in the NBA Finals. That personally, to see a new breed of NBA come up at least for one year, and then LeBron come back in and do his thing for the next two years, and then get the young breed, young boys back up. Maybe Luca gets one in there somewhere. But yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm very you know, and Antetokounmpo is down. This is not this is not good. Giannis Antetokounmpo is currently on the ground. He has not gotten up for at least a minute and a half. This is bad. There's a guy from Atlanta down next to him. Everybody's got their heads up. They've got tears in their eyes. This is not pretty, buddy. I'm going to tell you right now, this, this is a turning point. We've got fans right now with their hands crossed praying. Okay, anyway. You're, 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 there's no way. You're, you're putting me on. Well, brother, no, I'm not putting you on. He's still laying down. Giannis is still laying on the court. I, di- I didn't see the play. They haven't reshowed it. They are pulling him up right now, which is a good sign. Okay, yeah, but you're right. You're not. You're not exaggerating about any of that. No, <laughs> no, no, not even a little bit. They got him sitting up, but he's still not up. Anyway, all right. So let's go on from there because I want to talk about our next our next point in this whole thing, which is something that we've been trying to do for a couple of weeks now. The Mount Rushmore of Chris's. And this is your Mount Rushmore of Chris's. You can put whoever you want on there except for me. We've already said you can't have Chris Witt. You can't have the sick witted on there. It doesn't work that way because my nose is too big for the mountain. It'll overshadow everybody else. You'll never see any of the other Chris's. So that being being said, (laughs) Adam Schmidt, I am mountain on a mountain. I've called it my ski slope for many, many years. Yes, you have. Adam Schmidt. I want to know who your Mount Rushmore of Chris's is. We briefly kind of threw out a couple of names or whatever over the last couple of weeks. And you mentioned a guy that I just forgot about the last time we talked about this, but he's number one on my list. Number one, Chris, besides you, 
of all time is Chris Farley. Chris Farley's number one. I'm just going to get that out of the way. Sometimes it's it's fun to, to count down and get to save the best for last. I'm not doing that. I'm putting Chris Farley number one. I love it. I love it. Um, this is this was hard. I'm telling you, this was hard. <laughs> I'm gonna go. You know what kind of comedy fan I am. We both are. Mm-hmm. I'm staying in comedy. I'm gonna try not to do all comedians here, but um, I'm staying in comedy for for the next guy, and that is Chris Rock. He's one of the all-time greats. Every special, if you have not seen all of Chris, Chris Rock's specials, watch all of them. There's not one bad one. Absolutely agree. Um, just just at, at the top of the game, Chris Rock is is who he is. I mean, I he made some movies. Um, I, I, I haven't seen all of them. I, I never saw CB4, I don't think. Um, and, uh, I did see Pootie Tang in theater in the, at the Danbury theater, the Danbury okay, speak, theater. real quick, real quick. That reminds me, I've got to look something up here. Uh, while we are on this, this call, Adam Schmidt and myself went to go watch, went to the, uh, Danbury movie theater in uh western hills in the cincinnati ohio and we went to go watch a martin lawrence movie do you remember that oh it, he was like he like had a dream and he became a knight or something and he was riding a horse i'm trying was to find that us movie. did i see that so me and you were there we're watching this movie and in the middle twice during the movie this is dan mary dan barry two dollar movie theater the movie just went out. It just squiggled. <laughs> it just squiggled and lines were up there and then fuzzies and then boom, the movie's back on. <laughs> what was that called? That's what you get for two bucks. <laughs> you don't even remember that, do you? I'll never forget I, that in my life. I didn't remember that until you just said that about it. I kind about how of it went remember. out. It went out yeah. twice. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I totally forgot about that. Uh, uh I saw- I saw Pootie Tang, a a Chris Rock, and um, had a bunch of people in it. Uh, Wanda mm-hmm. Sykes was big in it. Yep. Um, in 2001, that movie is 20 years old. And I went on, I believe, a first date to that movie. Wow, nice. That's a good first date. I got to give it to you. I took a, I I give took, it to you. I took a girl to see Pootie Tang at the Danbury Cinema. Wow, I'm just going to show you my left hand and just make sure that you see that there's nothing on it. <laughs> <laughs> One of many reasons. Oh, Lord. All right. So Chris Farley, Chris Great. Rock, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to mix it up here. I'm going, I got to go basketball player. You know, comedy and basketball are my two things. Give me the greatest basketball Chris of all time besides you chris mullen love it speaking of crew cuts and uh flat stops chris mullen unbelievable yep uh one of my favorite guys to go back and watch highlights of just i mean i I think people are aware that he was part of run tmc and maybe maybe even know him from kind of later in his career he was on that uh, pacers team that went to the nba finals under larry bird and rick carlisle and 
great player, St. John's Brooklyn guy had the, I love the accent, love the flat, the lifelong flat top. The accent was great. And we got to play against him at Xavier to get to be up close and personal with Chris, with Chris Mullen at Xavier games was always awesome. He would walk right by where we see, where we sit. He's way bigger than you thought he was. I'm just going to tell you that dude's like six, seven. He was way bigger. I always thought of him as just like a little small guard. No, he was a, he's a big boy. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was, he was like a guard forward. I mean, he was big enough to play forward, especially in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, the guy could, the guy could shoot the lights out. And I think most people know that about him, but go back and just watch Chris Mullen passing highlights. Just watch Chris Mullen assists. He's, he was such a good passer, dude. Oh my God. So fun to watch. Anyway, that's what I'm going to be doing as soon as I get off here. Uh, on this call, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna go to bed and and throw on the Chris Mullen passing highlights like. and fall asleep to nice. that. I think tonight. Um, nice. <laughs> my fourth guy. I mean, so I, there's a few other guys that I was dying to put on here. I've got to put. I've got to get this. Squeeze this guy on. Not necessarily last. Look, Chris Farley's first. Everybody else is just you know on there. Chris Farley, Chris Rock, Chris Mullen. Give me Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, a.k.a. Doc Brown, a.k.a. the bad guy in Dennis the Menace, a.k.a. a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of roles. He's always good in everything he does. But, I mean, Back to the Future, the Back to the Future trilogy is are are two of my favorite movies. The Back to the Future trilogy are two of my favorite movies of all time because one and two are fantastic. I never really got into three much, but, man. If you ever get a chance to go back and watch Taxi with Danny DeVito, Christopher Lloyd, that's one of the greatest sitcoms in history. I'm telling you right now, not the movie Taxi, the Taxi Driver, whatever with, uh, is it De Niro is in that? No, with De Niro, not that. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the sitcom Taxi. Oh my gosh. I love that growing up. So that being said, that being said, I will tell you we have two of the same. We have two of the same. Okay, Chris Farley. Sure. Chris Farley. Obviously, we've already talked about that, right? Number two is Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Without a doubt, I I got cold chills, dude. He's <laughs> one of my all-time favorite people ever. The grossest, the grossest villain you'll ever see in the history of the movies in Dennis the Menace. Oh, 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 oh! Who framed Roger Rabbit? Also, the who framed Roger Rabbit? Villain in in in, in who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, uh, when good ghouls go bad, he's in so he has over two hundred acting credits. Over two hundred acting credits, unbelievable. Cool. Coolest thing about Christopher Lloyd? Angels in the outfield. He was the angel in Angels in the outfield. I could go. I, I pulled up every one of my guys here, and yes. Anyway. Coolest thing about him is is now this has been a joke for a while, but that a bunch of people say, but he was either he was either thirty five or seventy five. He is like mm-hmm. he looked he was he looked seventy when he was thirty five, and then just stayed that same age for forty years. Yeah, in Taxi, in the sitcom Taxi with Danny DeVito, he was a young man. It was back in the early seventies, and he looked like a crazy old man. But also remember, remember him from Adam's family when he, uh, he, oh, he was beat, Uncle Fester, wasn't he? 
he was the imp- imposter of Uncle Fester, right. right? He was the imposter of Uncle Fester. He might have been the actual Uncle Fester too. I don't know. Oh, but um, oh. uh, so many, so, so many great, great, great movies. So those are the first two off of mine. Chris Farley, Christopher Lloyd. Number three, I'm going to pull him up here. Uh, number three. Missed, I would do the impression, but I might be the only person in the entire world that doesn't have a Christopher Walken impression. Christopher Walken in, I mean, he was in 4,000 movies as well. Mm-hmm. That guy is amazing in everything he does. He can play the goofball. He was in Wedding Crashers and might be the best, the, the absolute best actor in all of Wedding Crashers might be Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken and a lot of things he does is unbelievable. Love Christopher Walken. Now, Chris Farley, I have decided, I can't figure out if I want to put him at two or one. I'm going to put him at a tie at first for my all-time favorite Chris ever. And I've been... You're making me I've feel been, like I forgot somebody. Big. No, you didn't forget anybody. This is just a personal Chris that I that I am a huge, huge fan of, have been for many, 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 many years. Christopher Brian Bridges. <laughs> I, I know AKA, AKA. Ludicrous. Ludicrous. <laughs> I wrote him down as well. I wrote him down as well. Um, he I, is, knew, I knew you were at least going to have him on a list, whether he made the top four or not. I knew you were going to have him on there. Yeah. Ludicrous. And, and, and uh, I mean, if he didn't do all the great stuff he did outside of rap, he still would have made my list because he is my all time favorite rapper. Mm-hmm. And I've told um, everybody I ever met, he is my all time favorite rapper. I could, I could go over his list. You put, I put his list up against, anybody i'm gonna tell you right now that dude right there ludicrous christopher brian bridges by far love that dude you put on a ludicrous song and you can't not love it i mean there's no ludicrous song that when it comes on you don't you don't feel it you don't you don't feel it in your chest a little bit you know what i'm saying Mm, blueberry yum yum oh move get out the way like oh my gosh just keep them coming the whole the whole chicken and uh, what was it? Chicken and wings or, or, or beer? Well, I can't remember even what it was. Oh, yeah. Now I gotta look up his gotta look up his, his soundtrack because I I was on Christopher Walken. Chicken, but anyway, chicken and beer, I think. Chicken and beer. That's it. Chicken and beer. Yes. And and my favorite, the red light district. That was my favorite. That but his favorite, those he had so he had uh, back for the first time. Well, in incognito was kind of what started it back in the well what started his mainstream right he had a ton of mixtapes back in the day but if you go incognito back for the first time word of mouth chicken and beer red light district boom 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 right there five straight killers killers from 99 to 2004 99 to 2004 you could pop you could pull six to ten songs off each one of those records as good as it gets. Totally agree. One of my favorites as well. I, I, I definitely turned into a guy that appreciated, I'm not big on rap anymore, but I like the guys who did like kind of almost did comedy in their rap. You know what I mean? And he was definitely one of those guys, guys who 
put words together and did funny lines with them. Yeah. And he could, but if you listen to his songs, it was a lot like Eminem, right? Where Eminem would have some of them goofball songs and then turn around and have some real serious stuff, right? Like, you know, I I just, but he, he always had, he almost always had fun in them. And I I mean, keep on going. I keep in a theater of the mind was a killer in 2008 battle of the sexes, which had fantasy on it in 2010. I mean, it just never, it was a never end. It was never ending. And it still doesn't end. If he ever came out with another album, when was the last time he came out with a Ludiversal? Probably. Let's see. Yeah, I think it was Ludiversal in 2015, which was good. I mean, but this dude at some point in time, that was that's been six years. I know he's focusing on other things, but when that man comes out with one more, I'm gonna tell you right now, he's gonna put these young, these young mumble boys to sleep. <laughs> i'm with you i'm with you on that all right who uh who else was on that list that didn't quite make the top four for you anybody else one of the top ones for me was chris tucker mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to put chris tucker on there obviously with the rush hour movies the friday movies i mean or the friday movie he wasn't in all of them but he was in the first one which was the best one and then my 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 sixth would have been Chris Jenner. <laughs> Chris Jenner. I thought of, I thought about her too. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So what about you? What else did you have that didn't make the list? One, one guy that I wanted to put on there so bad. And I think I mentioned this to you, like there was going to be a guy that I didn't think that I think would, would surprise you. Um, I wanted to put him on and I didn't quite do that, but Chris Elliott, comedian, comedic actor, he was in, he's been in so many things. Yes. yes he has. has been so funny for a long time. And he's, he's almost like a, he's like a C list celebrity or something like that, but he's, he deserves to be like, he's funny enough in so many things that he's done to be. Chris Elliott. The, hmm? Sorry, go ahead. No, no, to be that, one of the funniest Chris's. One of the, yeah. One of the funniest comedic actors. I mean, I feel like he should have gotten more chances to be like in lead roles in good, funny movies. So I believe he was in uh, something about Mary. Wasn't he in that? And his probably most notable role right now on Schitt's Creek. If you haven't seen Schitt's Creek, it's a really funny show. And he is the mayor of Schitt's Creek and his last name is Schitt. And it is absolutely hilarious. S-C-H-I-T or something like that. And I'm going to tell you right now, that dude is a huge part. Now, obviously, the family, I don't know all their names, but they that that was that was the best. But but he became such a huge role in that in that show. And that's got to be what he's most known for now. That was his that was his biggest role, I would say. And he did. He was amazing in that. And yes, dude's hilarious and has done some weird He's been a weird person in a lot of weird movies. Yeah, he he did a lot of stuff, a lot a lot of shows on Adult Swim, like yes, midnight, twelve forty five, twelve fifteen shows. Uh, I love that stuff, and he was in a bunch of those things. He does he does weird very well. Uh, yes, he was in a show in I want to say it was probably the early nineties called Get a Life, and I don't remember a ton about the show, but I remember we watched it all the time. And like the whole family would watch him. I remember, I remember my dad loving the show. 
and we would we would watch it and the, I, re, I remember part of the intro he was the intro was him riding his bike down the street and the end of it i think he like he like was looking at some maybe he was like looking at a girl he was or something a paper like boy he was a paper boy paper boy that's it yes yeah and he he uh he like hit a car and flipped over his bike or something like that and then but I remember that being a really funny show. And that was the first time I knew about him, but he's made a bunch of appearances. He made a bunch of appearances like real early on David Letterman there. You can mm -hmm. go to YouTube and see he did like characters. He would come out. He would come out as like actual famous people, but like be a, be a much worse version of them or something like that. Like he did so many funny things in so many different medias and so many different, you know, like outlets over the years. If you don't know much about Chris Elliott, just look them up on YouTube. There's a million things on there. Yeah, without a doubt. And yeah. then you also have you also have the newer guys. You know your superhero guys, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Chris Pratt, Chris Evans, um, guys like that who are probably most known. But they're not making my list. They got a long way to go before they get on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, give me Chris Weber. Give me Chris Sabo. No, oh Chris Sabo. <sighs> Chris Paul. We already talked about Chris Paul. Chris yeah, Paul, but I'm not Chris D'Elia. I mean, you know, if you, you know, yeah, he had a little trouble, but uh, Chris, Chris Stapps Porzingis. Um, who else? Uh, <laughs> Anything later. Christine. I don't know. Yeah, any Christine, really. Anybody? Yeah, know? I feel like that counts too. Uh, but I, uh, Christine Applegate. Could probably be on there. No, but I think we did. I think, I think that was, a, I think those are two good Mount Rushmore's. We had two of the same Christopher Lloyd, Chris Farley, without a doubt. I'm excited about that, Christopher. Out there. Yeah, that was good. All right. So that's going to bring us to, um, no, I already forgot her name, Melinda Hill. Melinda Hill. Um, so, Adam. Well, you started off Mount Rushmore. I'll start off Melinda Hill. Please do. Um, this was your pick, I, by the way. I ended up on Twitter halfway through, just kind of messing around, looking at Twitter while she was talking. I mean, I, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. Um, I don't. I don't know. She was. It was a little slow. I mean, it started off pretty good. I thought she was going to get a little crazier with the the magician thing. Um, she went into her like dates and the stories of her dates and the, and I thought they were going to be like, they could have been really funny because I'm sure she made part of them up or maybe she didn't, but those, those, those match.com dates that she was talking about, I feel like those had a ton of potential and they just kept on going and there was no punchline anywhere. And not that I need a punchline, but there was no kick there was no, boom there was no finish i felt like and uh you know it was kind of a bummer i guess this i didn't even know but apparently i mean she made it a thing but apparently she got a lot of uh publicity for talking about louis ck or something like that so you know good for her for that i'd care less about that it seemed like she could care less about it too she just threw a random ass tweet out but uh you know it is what it is um I don't know. I don't know. That might have been her her best joke when she said it's kind of like uh, she what she say sneaky and uh, I can't even remember. Oh, yeah. She was talking about sexual harassment or sexual something. I don't know. And and she was talking about how it was the same as something else. Anyway, besides the point. Go on. I, I mean, you go on and watch her. I'm not going to say that I would recommend her. 
I'm sure there might be some better, funnier stuff because it seems like she's been around for a while. But I gave her a 2.1. 2.1? 2. 1. 2. 1. <laughs> okay. Then I'll just start off and tell you I have written down 2.1. <laughs> 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 Let me put yours right next to mine on my on my notes there so I can add that to the spreadsheet later. All right, we both gave this exactly a 2.1, which is weird. Um but I think we think the same thing about it. I the thing I take the way take away from this the most, I'm so sorry about your experiences with men. I mean, she hates men. Yeah. Gosh, she yeah. had it, the whole thing I felt like mm-hmm. was all about bad experiences with men. She started, she started the whole thing off with, you know, wanting to, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I was kind of in the mood for joke stuff and it, yeah. was, it was more like a theme. It wasn't, it was, theme. it was a theme. It was definitely theme. There's no doubt about it. She, uh, she, she dated, uh, she still didn't say who she was engaged to. And I even tried to, that's what got me on Twitter. Because she was talking about being engaged to an actor. And I'm like, who the hell was this chick engaged to? So I jumped on and started looking, trying to find it. I couldn't find it anywhere. But she was like, the hardest part about being engaged to an actor or, dis- or, or breaking up with an actor is you got to see his billboard everywhere or something like that. And I was like, who was she? Enga-? Couldn't find I still to this moment can't find it. But I spent a good 20 minutes of her special looking on Twitter while watching it at the same time. Oh. Like, I, she didn't keep me enthused in one bit. Me either. I was, I was, I'll tell you the funniest thing I thought she did. And people have done this before is she would say something that wouldn't be like applause worthy or laugh worthy. And immediately she would say, thank you. Like she was getting mm-hmm. applause. I thought that was the funniest thing she did. It was, I love um, it. And she, it was the hair thing. Uh, and then she would say something about the hair thing. And she said, then we went on a second date and she pulled her hair back like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. I don't deserve the, I don't deserve the hair pushback. I got to pull the hair back. <laughs> I did like that. That was kind of funny. I did. I did laugh at that. Yeah. Yep. That was good. Yeah. But I mean, it was just kind of a, you know, the plight of women versus men kind of thing the whole time. I was just, eh, I mean, I, I get it. Sorry. I, I, you know, sorry about the patriarchy or whatever. I, but there's a lot of good ones of us out there too. You, I'm sure you found one or two. You just are focusing on the bad ones. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 she's probably maybe she's great. Uh, was this, this was just this was recent, right? It was last year. Like I think it was the beginning of 2020 when it came out. So I don't know how long she's been doing comedy. Um, you know, if this is her first special and she's been in for you know six, eight, ten years, something like that, she'll probably still develop quite a bit. You know. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe she'll she'll end up being good. Who knows? Maybe I'll see her in uh, New York doing a set somewhere at one of these places I got tickets to, uh, and she'll be even better. Um, but yeah, there we go. I think we we're pretty. She's 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 been. I mean, she's been doing it for a long time. The way that I was looking at this earlier, um, I mean, she's she's almost fifty years old. Believe it or not, is she really? Uh, yeah, and you know what she say when she was twenty one? Some 50 year old paid her way into the sag and paid her sag dues and yeah. bought her some stuff. So she's been doing doing things for a while. I mean, she released several comedy albums albums, including Accidentally Bisexual in 2011. That's 10 years ago. 
Six Ways to Bomb on America's Got Talent in 2013. <laughs> Television film. Let's see if they've got dates on any of this. I mean, it looks like early 2000s or, or 2010-ish. She kind of tried to come on to the, to the stage a little bit there. Which when means she started if, making if she put out a special in 2011, she was probably doing it for a pretty long time before that. Uh, sure. So, yeah. Well, all right. Linda Hill, sorry. We're just being, we're, we're, we're honest about our opinions about these things. Yep. All right. Next week, Chris, what I've we, got, what are we watching? I've got a comedy special for you and you will have a Mount Rushmore for me. So, I'm I'm gonna go with another person that we have not that I have not heard of before, or at least that I've, I'm not familiar with. Guy by the name of Brian Gar. So on Amazon Prime, Brian B R I A N Gar is G A A R. If you're looking it up, special called "Jokes I Wrote at Work." He kind of looks like uh, he kind of looks like Mike Greenberg. Oh, a little bit. I have to look at that. Yeah, again. a little Mike. I've seen this dude before. I've seen this dude somewhere. Hmm. Anyway, all right. Mike Greenberg, it is. Or, uh, <laughs> sorry, Brian Gard is. Brian, Brian Gard, Gard is. is. Jokes I wrote at work. It's, it's from 2015. So this is like six years old. But uh, I just ran across it and I was like, eh, well, I, I like I like when we do new new people we haven't heard of before. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know much about. So it's a little dangerous going six years ago. A little dangerous going six years ago. It makes some of the comedy not always hitting with the up to date, up to date, but we'll give it a go. We'll give it a go. All right. So Brian Gar, jokes I wrote at work, and I am going with the obvious um, uh, sequel to the Mount Rushmore of Chris's, and I'm going to go to the Mount Rushmore of Adam's. And of course, the same rule applies that I will not be eligible to be on this list. Not that exactly. I would be for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mount Rushmore. Do, do any Adams come to you immediately? Because there's one like Chris Farley that comes to me automatically right off the top of my head. It's, on, it's an automatic. Yeah. Do you have any others that come to you immediately? Yes. Wednesday Adams. Oh, and also Gomez, yeah. Gomez Adams. Uh, Leti- what's what's Shaniqua Adams? Uh, was it Letitia? Or, uh, Letitia. Adam Levine. Um. <laughs> Adam Levine. Adam Levine. There you go. Um, oh, Adam Ryan, quarterback of the 96 Elder Panthers. Um, there you go. Yep. No, no, that was, that was Matt Ryan. No. Matt Ryan was his younger brother. Matt Ryan was the quarterback of the 2000, 2000, 2000 Elder Panthers. Or Matt Ryan, 90, 99 or 2000. Matt Ryan is the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Glacken. Matt Glacken. Uh, <laughs> Matt Glacken is what Matt I meant Glacken to say. The 97. <laughs> 97 and his younger brother i was thinking of his because he in his younger brother was the quarterback or played something for elder in the uh mid 2000s hmm. he played for elder i don't know what he did there but he played for elder i believe you he played us in holy family basketball we played him his little brother in uh holy family oh at holy family mac lacken's little brother 
I don't even, I didn't even know that. Or maybe yep, I did back go. then. Yep, it's been a long time ago. So anyway, right. man, Matt Matt Ryan, Matt Glacken. Holy <laughs> cow. Matt Glacken, Matt Glacken was a uh, good quarterback, not quite Matt Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> nah. If you're listening to this, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Look up elder hist- elder football history. Yes, exactly. He was he was a good quarterback. He was a good quarterback. So anyway, um, all right. So there you go. I feel like we've got next week ready to go, and we'll be back in studio hopefully, and maybe uh, maybe we'll have some stuff hung up in the studio, so we'll be ready to go that way too. I don't know. We'll find out and see. I, I hope to have some good stories from the road for you. Oh man, yes, we're gonna. So we're gonna have New York traveling with Crack a Thug. I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm sure some things will happen. I'm sure. Yeah, there's no doubt you're gonna be in New York City. Are you staying like around Times Square? Where are you staying at? I'm staying. I think it's technically in Manhattan. I'm not sure how close to Times Square it is, but it seems like a pretty centralized location. So it's it's like within a mile and a half or two miles of like all of the of everything comedy clubs yeah that i'm going to and stuff so yep uh, the biggest thing is i'll have to figure out how to get from the newark airport to the hotel and then that's ah. the, that's the biggest travel and then from the hotel to the, the bronx, airport the bronx well oh, the bronx the, to go to the uh i'm sure that'll be the, easy. yeah jump in the cab or jump on the jump on the uh little thing underneath underneath the street you'll be fine yeah yeah the old underground train the old underground train. All right, brother. Well, until then, don't forget to turn your headlights on. Hmm. It's all right. We're still recording, though. We got Adam with a basketball, but we're still.